How do you like saving $75? Well, you're in luck because we are in a giving mood during the best time of the year. NFL playoffs are here and you need to take advantage of our historical success in the postseason. Warren has a lifetime record of 63% in the playoffs over 15 years, including 71% in the Super Bowl. Now is the perfect time to join because Warren's 2021 season has been one for the record books. His computer totals hit 82% this year, winning 23 of 28 bets. Overall, he was 61% this year. And he finished the college bowl season seven to one. Now you can save $75 off the playoff package. Warren will throw in his bets for the college football national championship game on Monday night for free. Just use code playoffs early bird one word when you sign up that's playoffs early bird and you will get $75 off any package, including our weekly package. Get on board for the wild card round, the entire playoffs, but don't forget to save $75 today with coupon code playoffs early bird at sharpfootballanalysis.com hello welcome to the sharp angles podcast i am dan pizzuta joined here as always by rich rebar rich here we go we've made it week 18 the final it, it, weird to say that but final week of, of the regular season how are we doing 18 weeks up and down it it feels weird that it's like we're in the first week of January and there's still regular season games, but this is uh, what the NFL wanted. Uh, maybe we'll have an extra game here very soon in the next coming years too, as well. Uh, I wouldn't be put that behind uh, past the league too, as well, but a uh, couple playoff spots up for grab. It's kind of a weird week because we only have like kind of one heads up game on the schedule for like uh, where both teams like are, are winning and get in. So obviously that game got moved to Sunday night and then the rest are kind of like, we've got to wait and see like what teams do uh, and what some other teams do. Week 18 was a mistake. <laughs> like, was. <laughs> there's, there's no way you can like look at what is the happening right now. And like some of the football we're going to see um, they're coming this week and, and think that anything in week 18 uh, made any sense. Uh, like, I mean, we probably won't even like really need to talk about the Saturday games, like because the the Chiefs are, are probably going to win Denver, so and that knocks off a couple possibilities on Sunday, also between who can kind of jump up to you know either the number two or the number one seed uh, in the AFC, um, and then we have they flex Dallas and Philly into the Saturday night game. Neither team has anything to play for. Dallas really. is pretty much the four seed with like almost every scenario. They can maybe jump up to the two seed if like everyone else loses. They really don't have a lot to play for, although I believe they said they're they're going to play their starters at least. Philadelphia is already in as the wild card. And they're uh, on the road no matter what. Yeah, um, they can... And there's not a lot of, of leeway they have in their seating either. Um, they placed a whole bunch of guys on, on the COVID list to start the week. Um, on a normal week now with the you know, protocols, they could get off. But like, why Why push it? Right. Um, you know, we don't even know if like they're considering resting some starters. So it, it, this might be a, a Gardner Minshew game uh, on a, a Saturday night. Uh, that was like flexed on purpose. So I, I don't really know what the NFL was, was trying to do there. Um, Plus if you're Dallas, I mean, I know that there, this hasn't happened, but like with the Eagles having like their outbreak, like if you're Dallas, like that should scare you off of wanting to put your guys <laughs> in the game. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I think that, you know, McCarthy's already come out and said that they're going to play a little bit, but the problem is with that, like, at least in my world, is like, do you, are you still expecting a full game from the Cowboys starters? Cause I'm not, especially if the Eagles rest guys, like it could be, that game could be, 
in hand at halftime. And yeah, I mean, so I'm still not even expecting a full game from the Dallas guys. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I think uh, with a lot of like what these games that we're, we're going to talk about, we're probably only going to talk about a couple that like actually matter here. Um, we, we don't really, you know, know uh, how how often some of these teams are going to play because a, a lot of teams have, have already clinched, like you said, the one game uh, that does matter. And let's let's just start with that one because you know, we're going to want to talk about it the most because it is the one game where it is winning in. That's the Sunday night game uh, between the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, the Raiders can technically get in with a loss, Um if a whole bunch of other things happen, but all of that a lot of, of rides on the Jaguars beating yeah, the Colts, which basically every scenario in the AFC that for every team, like not at the Colts or the winner that Sunday game resides around the Jaguars winning for everything, yeah, like the Ravens, the Steelers, all those teams, like it, it, they need the Jaguars to outright win. Yeah. And so, um, they're just, just kind of based on uh, what we've seen from the Jaguars this year. Uh, probably not going to happen. So we'll we'll uh, assume a Colts win here. Uh, yeah, and I know that so- they haven't like the the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. This Colts team has not had a seven a six year losing streak though in Jacksonville. And this Jaguars team does not have a six game winning streak. And I know they did. They it was their only win last year for the Jaguars was against the Colts at home in the Week One opener. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to back this Jacksonville roster as it currently stands and the way they've played uh trevor lawrence is wrapping up a season that is actually going to be worse than blaine gabbert's rookie season which is really painful to say out loud it's yeah it's it's tough and like we <laughs> we weren't expecting to, to jump into uh the, the jaguar sock but yeah it's like it's when you see what trevor lawrence has been doing and like there are like some there have been some rough spots but man like i, I think you you wrote this in uh, the worksheet or like what well, Quan Treadwell has been the best <laughs> and most consistent receiver for Jacksonville. And like that just kind of like that. How are we supposed to expect any quarterback to do well there? Like well, Quan Treadwell wasn't good when he was a first round pick. Uh, so for him to be like, like quite literally, like, and it's not an exaggeration, like the best receiver, um, Jacksonville has had this year. It's it's tough. Um, so they they need to to rework like a lot of things. There, there's still like some process things that um, Trevor Lawrence needs to work on. And I think during the offseason, I, I think probably one of our first offseason shows might be like looking at the rookie quarterbacks and then seeing like what they did well, what they are need to do going forward. Because we kind of had like a you know Zach Wilson coming off his best game, and uh, we'll get a Justin Field start uh, here. Um, probably and, Lance right, start again. and we're going to, we're going to talk about, uh, Trey Lance in a little bit, but let's, <laughs> let's dive into that. The, the chargers and Raiders, because, um, this is a game that obviously a, a divisional game we saw, um, you know, earlier in the season, uh, we're, we're seeing a slightly different version of, of both of those teams, uh, right now, because this was, this was week four, uh, back when we saw this, it was a 28, 14, uh, chargers win. Uh, but we're looking like a lot of things have obviously changed for, for the Raiders uh, since then. And uh, they, they've changed for the Chargers, too, because the Chargers over the past you know couple weeks, like this was, you know, riding a 
almost dominant defense at, at that time. Um, and we were still trying to figure out what the offense was, right? This was still the bad early downs and Justin Herbert playing God on third downs. And they've kind of, it's completely switched, right? So we, we don't have a good defense for the Chargers um, anymore, although it, it stepped up a little bit last week. They're getting healthier, uh, which is nice, but the, we've, we've figured out the offense and, and Justin Herbert right now is just uh, obviously um, just really good, man. And uh, I think that's, that's something we can uh, kind of write on here. And I, I think if we're looking toward the playoffs, like, yeah, I think if you're betting on something, it's, probably going to be Justin Herbert possibly taking this game over. Well, we need Herbert to get in to just have all of these young quarterbacks in AFC in. For a rooting inference, for a rooting interest, it's way more fun to have the Chargers in the playoffs. We talked about this last week, wanting Burrow and Herbert to get in instead of like Baker and, you know, uh, you know, Carr, like the end guys, like just because the quarterback play was better and they gave those teams at least a chance. Like, do I think the hurt like the Chargers could win four in a row? Probably not. Like, I wouldn't bet on it, but like you, you'd see like a hot court. Like, you're ca- like you're capable of having like a guy that's just the best player on the field win you games. And Herbert has that kind of his range of outcomes. They've really figured see, out. I, well, well, let's go. I I kind of can see them winning. Four I mean, their defense is awful. Sure, but like they, <laughs> but in the AFC, right? Like, how many? teams are really going to take advantage of like running the ball uh, against them, like as much as they do. Yeah. I mean, it'd be if they face like the Colts or something. Uh, yeah. But, but like it, it, even that, I kind of think like the offense is good enough, like for, for a wild card team that could potentially, like, I think the Chargers are probably the most dangerous. Yeah. I mean, them and the Bengals are, are both, well, I guess the Bengals technically are a wild card team. So, but I mean, you know, I don't, they're going to be what the four seed or they'll be the three seed. But I, I think the Bills are still my favorite pick in the AFC. Maybe we'll talk about this next week when we're through the playoffs. But yeah. uh, I mean, I don't really have pushback on it though. Like, but yeah, I do think the Chargers are actually winning four games throws probably as lower odds than some of the other teams. But uh, Herbert, they fixed what they did is they fixed out the early down stuff though. That was the problem early in the season. You know, right? They're, you know, they they just didn't have to rely on Herbert winning these long down and distances like he did his entire rookie season and did the front half this year. And you seem like statistically everything kind of stabilized for Herbert, you know, over the back half of the season, he was just a lot more consistent. Didn't have a lot of those down weeks. It was really just kind of the Denver game uh, and just getting them figuring out what they want to do in those early down situations and, and being more efficient and playing ahead of the sticks just really unlocked like kind of the, the whole like package here. Uh, and we know the thing too, about the chargers, if they do get in and they win this game is that, they are like a wild card team because like they would like legitimately to a T because we know Brandon say will aggressively try to win the game. Uh, and, you know, could that eventually lose them a game too? Sure. But I, he's not scared of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can get in. The Raiders are just a team like they, they've run super hot on this run of facing Nick Mullins, uh, uh, Drew Locke, and then Carson Wentz literally coming off the COVID list the day of the game. Uh, they still can't score any points. They've scored 14 touchdowns since their bye week. Only five teams have scored fewer touchdowns than them over that span, and they're all just god-awful teams. The Panthers, the Falcons, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Uh, the Saints are in this boat, too, who could also get in. And, oh, boy, if we don't have some Saints playoff football, like we're, we're, in, we're in some tough thing. That one has more probability of happening than, than – uh, you know, some of these that ones of robbing the Jaguars, but I mean, the Raiders just can't score enough points. And that's what it comes down to when you're facing this Chargers team, because like I said, they're aggressively going to try to score points. So do I think the Raiders can like play a game in the thirties? I don't, they're going to need this game to be like in the low twenties. I just don't know if it's capable of being there. 
Yeah, it's really tough. Like, uh, like Hunter Redpro, really good. Uh, you you can't completely run an offense through Hunter Renfro, um, right? You just kind of need those other pieces, and they just you know haven't been there. Obviously, what anything they've had, you know, going deep, which which was working a little bit earlier in the season for uh, in many reasons, it isn't uh, there. Uh, anymore when you have Darren Waller in, in and out of, of the lineup, man. And it's just like the, the run, nothing in the run game has, has been as good as, you know, you kind of would have hoped uh, with, you know, uh, uh, Josh Jacobs or, you know, all, all the other guys uh, they, they brought in. So it's just like, it's, it's really tough um, because like there, there was a stretch where Derek Carr was, you know, playing really well, but like we talked about it when it happened earlier in the season, yeah. like there's always a stretch where Derek Carr is playing really well, um, but it's never a season where Derek Carr is playing really well. And I think that kind of has caught up to them in terms of, and uh, like in addition to the personnel changes uh, that they've had and, and like all of the other things that, that have happened to right. that team and like, it, good for them to you know be where they are but like i mean I, I, we've probably like had some proclamations on, on this podcast that have turned to, out to be wrong but like it's really hard to see the raiders winning this game yeah absolutely i mean a lot of it too isn't like you said it's not completely his fault uh you know obviously they had the, the two big things happen off the field and you just you haven't had waller for like the entire second half basically and you remove that vertical on that henry rugs which is where Carr was living i mean he still is number one in the nfl on like 20 yard pass completions but obviously that's that's trickled down uh since rugs has been out uh and off the roster uh but this is another team talking about fantasy ghosts i mean zay jones going for eight for 120 last year and it just it's been the year of like pulling these guys out of like the the dredges of uh the cobble pot of uh dynasty ghosts uh, rex burkhead and uh you know rashad penny all these guys are just impacting you know seasons at the end of the year yeah it's got to be a mess for <laughs> fantasy i uh <laughs> The, I thankfully, fun. yeah, it's, I thankfully got out of that just by not being very good this year, uh, so I didn't have to worry about any of these uh, weird late season, uh, you know, players just coming out of nowhere. But Waller coming back, and, and granted, he might not be a hundred percent, but you figure if there's ever a game, to, at least if he's able to be a package player, this would be a matchup like the season's on the line. Like if he can play a little bit, like you're going to want to get him on the field, especially Still, against, yeah, eighty percent of Waller is yes, pr- you know, pretty good. <laughs> And it's, it's still, the, still probably their best receiver. And that's been the weakness of the, one of this, the, the components of this defense. And it's structurally designed to give up some stuff to tight ends because, you know, again, they're not allowing big plays. They, the middle of the field is typically open against this defense. Um, but uh, yeah, having Waller against this defense too would be a big plus over Foster Moreau uh, to give them a chance. Like I said, it really just comes down to though, them being able to just score, like, can they get close to 30 and can they keep the chargers in the low twenties? Both of those things I find to be in the lower end of probability. Yeah. I, I kind of feel that too, which is you no, know, it's tough because like it, it's just, the, the one of these just the charges are really good man. and like they've they've had kind of these down weeks and obviously losing to to houston was a, a huge thing that kind of put us in, in this position but man bef- before before that week like it kind of felt like the chargers like could have been one of the best teams in the afc and now i think after that loss of houston kind of like reshuffled what we you know kind of look at a, a little bit here but um and I just kind of still expect the Chargers to roll, especially if if this defense can can get 
healthy, right? Which I think is is part of it because we did see at least in the beginning of the season there were there were pieces of this uh, defense that were you know playing really well and and this is a, a completely different defense with Derwin James on the field and we we kind of talked about that. Um, I think when when you look at what uh, this defense is, so right now when <laughs> Derwin James is on the field, Chargers are averaging uh, zero a negative 0.01 EPA per play, which is good. Uh, When you're on defense, you want EPA to be negative. Uh, When he's off the field, 0.13 EPA per play. (laughs) So that is, that is, I think if you look at like EPA wise, that's like a Matthew Stafford's difference um, in EPA, right? (laughs) Um, Of when Derwin James is on the field and when he's off the field. And he just does like so many different things. So I think they can like flash quite enough, just enough. And, um, you know, I I think we'll, we'll get into this, you know, when we're starting to, you know, actually preview the playoffs next week. But um, I just think it's going to be real hard for, for the Raiders to, to do both of those things that you said, either, you know, is score uh, in the low twenties. Cause I'm not sure they'll even be able to do that on this chargers defense. Um, and, and to keep the chargers uh, on offense, you know, in, in the low twenties, I'm not sure that's going to happen either because uh, Justin Herbert last week was really good uh, again. And he just like, uh, he just continually is getting better. Um, and so uh, I think that we've gone, uh, gone a long way to say, uh, we really just expect the chargers uh, to, to win here. Yeah, I mean, hey, this is a team that lost to the Texans the week before. We'll keep the door open, but yeah, it, I, I'm I'm with you, lockstep here. Just that, yeah, hey, I'm on the Chargers side, sure, and I want the Chargers. I'm outright rooting for the Chargers, so yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to one of the other games that has something at stake for for both teams because there aren't a lot of those um, on uh, the schedule, but. Uh, the Rams and the 49ers, which we kind of talked about. So for the Rams with the win, they clinched the NFC West. Uh, and you know, that's going to be big. That that's a home game. Um, and then they're playing the 49ers who win and in. Um and that that's going to be, you know, big. Both of these teams are, are going to want to play to win. And that's again a, a rarity that we have um in week 18. So I think this is going to be real fun because I think we we're probably going to get the, the Trey Lance thing because I think you no know, Kyle Shanahan said if you know Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy enough he'll start but you know how much better is Trey Lance than like seventy five percent Jimmy Garoppolo I think pretty pretty much better uh, a lot better eighty um, percent Jimmy Garoppolo probably you know still better I I think you could go up to a hundred percent Jimmy Garoppolo uh, that uh, Trey Lance is better especially from you know what we saw last week it, it will be interesting too to see how they uh, approach attacking the Rams with Lance if it is Garoppolo and Garoppolo we're recording this Thursday morning and he practiced on Wednesday but said his thumb didn't feel it felt not so hot after the practice uh, so we'll see. I mean, everyone that I've seen report when he had the injury that it was going to be a multi-week injury. So it might be tough for him to come back. Like you said, Grapple is not a guy. He's already a guy that's question marks playing 100%, let alone uh, anything down. But 
the way that the Kyle Shanahan has attacked the Rams, you know, everyone, obviously you've heard that the 49ers have beaten them five straight times. Uh, but where they've attacked the Rams consistently is over the middle of the field, which is all Garoppolo does, right? He doesn't throw out to the boundaries and where the Rams are good is defending the boundaries. Debo Samuel and George Kittle have been like the primary reasons that like the 49ers have destroyed the Rams in these matchups. So are they able to get that going with Lance attacking the middle of the field? Um, so I'm really curious to see that because Garoppolo has been a little bit of a Rams killer, man, as, as much as we kind of poke fun at Jimmy Garoppolo, his structure of play has been really schematically good and sound for how the 49ers attack, uh, this Rams defense. So I'm curious to see the dynamic of how he'll game plan Trey Lance as the starter, as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. The real bummer of this game though, is the 49ers are dealing with their first COVID outbreak of the season. And some of these teams that, uh, even in the playoffs, because the Bengals are another one of these teams that really haven't had a lot of COVID cases throughout the year. And now we're seeing just no, it gets everyone eventually, right? We, a couple weeks ago, were highlighting like the Seahawks, right? Like they've done such a good job. And then ever since then, just everyone, it's just everyone. It's, it's everyone in the world. I mean, every half of the people I know, half of my friends and family have, have it recently, like over, over the stretch. So 49ers are, and they're getting a cluster outbreak in the secondary, which is not great. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Jimmy Ward, K1 Williams, all placed on the COVID list. They're trying to get Emmanuel Mosley back from injury. So that's not the greatest. If you're coming in, uh, a t- uh, to face a Rams team that really is, you know, ha- they have weaponry to beat you on the, on the boundary, uh, to come in with just really shorthanded and having to rely on Josh Norman to really put clamps down is, is not the greatest situation. Yeah. And like, that's probably the, the one position where, the 49ers could not afford to lose guys is, is, is in defensive, with back, defensive yeah. backs because they, they didn't have a lot of, of room for error uh, there to begin with, like when they're healthy and like they've, they've done a, a pretty good job. And like, we've, we've talked about it. I think D'Amico Ryans has done mm-hmm. um, a really good job as defensive coordinator. there, just kind of working with what the 49ers have had uh, this year. And they've you know been a, a good enough defense and flashed uh, some uh, points, but yeah, for this defense right now to potentially go into this game without, uh, uh, without some of their defensive backs against this Rams team, that one is, uh, you know, going to be playing uh, as uh, hard as they are because they are going to want to win the division. They're going to want that home game. Um, and the, the 49ers are eighth in defensive DVOA. Good for them. Um, they so, been really good against the run. They still can get that. They could, their, their down linemen are really good pass rushers. Uh, you know, the, the Bosa jeans are still alive and kicking. Uh, they're both really good football players still. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, it's, it, it is rough for them because again, the, the second in uh, run defense DVOA, 18th mm-hmm. in pass defense. And that if you're, you know, yeah. going against the Rams, that's not exactly uh, the split you want. Uh, although the Rams ha- have been better uh, at running the ball. Um, as of late, they've been more willing to run the ball. They've they've been working uh, in some of the, their, I think their, their run concepts have gotten better. Um, I think since, you know, Sony Michelle took over, that's been a little better. We might see Cam Akers. Uh, this week to get a little run, which, yeah. And like kind of hope he's healthy and, and not rushing back too much, but if he can just be uh, even just a little bit valuable, that that's a huge boost for, for the Rams, uh, I think. But, you know, when you look at, you know, what they're going to be doing, um, oh, that's the ball. Like the, the Rams are, are going to want to throw. Cause I think it, of anything else, like they want to win this game, probably also want to get Cooper cup, the, 
receiving record, which I think he needs like 183 yards. Um, he needs 136 to break, uh, oh. to break the record, but 180 to get the 2000 to be to get the 2000. Ah, right. Okay. And that, he needs yeah, 12 that's catches. what it was. He needs 12 catches to, to break the Michael Thomas record, which like I'm the possible. Um, but I think this, this Rams team is also like, they're they're also figuring out what they're doing uh, on offense right now, right? We've we've seen o- Odell Beckham, um, you know, uh, scoring touchdowns again. Uh, breaking news: Odell Beckham's still good at football. That fourth um, down catch he had last week was even better yeah. than a touchdown. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think I so I was going to highlight that because I think that's one of those things where like Odell Beckham can now be that guy. Right before it was, especially just without Cooper Robert Cup, yeah. Woods, it was just Cooper Cup. Now, if you have like that go-to play and you have Odell Beckham there and you trust him now uh, to do that, I think, um, you know, there was still a miscommunication, you know, earlier in the game on the on Safford's, uh, I think, first interception uh, where one of the uh, either um, the Beckham or one of the other receivers kind of ran the wrong route. Um, and that led to the interception. So I think there's still some kinks to work out, but I think mostly it's been positive. And I think when you look at uh, Matthew Stafford, I'm, I'm going to write about him um, for the site. So uh, maybe it'll be up on Thursday, it might be up on, on Friday. But when you look at uh, like what he's done and we've seen like some of these really bad throws, right? And like, you kind of wonder if those are going to be throws bad enough that could potentially, you know, sink um, the, the Rams in the playoffs. And if, you know, if he's going to continually throw pick sixes, sure. And maybe, but I think when you look at what he's done, um, you know, when you look at just the full season, and we've talked about this a little bit, uh, sports info solutions looks at EPA and a boom and bust plays, which a boom or, you know, one EPA or higher. So 1.0 EPA or higher bus plays are negative one or lower. Um, no one has a better, you know, a difference between the amount of boom plays and bus plays than Matthew Stafford. And that's, so he has a 26.1% boom rate, which is, uh, still the highest in the league right now over a full season. Uh, and the 12.3% bus rate is, you know, it's still one of the, the better rates, right? So, and his 13% uh, 13.8% difference right now is the best in the league, right? So there's still a huge gap between the very high level plays he has and the very low level plays he has. So there's still enough of that upside that he can bring those, those plays up. And that's still the case, like since, um, like week nine, which I think if we're, you know, looking at where, uh, they've kind of, you know, started to fall and Matthew Stafford has negative EPA overall, um, over that stretch because of some of those really bad plays, but he still has one of the best rates uh, between the boom plays, which is still at, uh, it's still at a 7.5% uh, uh, difference between boom and bus rate, which is, um, it would be about a full season of Justin Herbert. So he still has like these big enough plays that can get them out of, um, and uh, get them out of some of the holes that he is in part, responsible for but i think that's part of what you know the matthew stafford trade was for right he does have those high level plays like if jared goff was doing this and he was throwing that that interception at the start of the game like the rams are done right so i think there's there's still some of this uh there's still some of this uh, upside where the Rams can kind of throw themselves back into games, although you would much rather them 
not be throwing themselves in, into the hole that they have been in a couple of these games, like the Titans game, like early in, in the Ravens game uh, last week. But I think there's there's still so much upside in, in this passing game. And I think they, um, if they can avoid that mistake, and I don't think they're going to have that many mistakes uh, or at least that badly um, when we look at what you know, we're going to see, especially against potentially this uh, San Francisco secondary. And I think heading into the playoffs. So I think there's, there's still a, a lot of, of upside here. And I think that makes the Rams, you know, pretty dangerous. This game is going to be interesting. Cause you know, Sean McVay has heard all that stuff too about Kyle Shanahan and how he can't beat him. They only scored 10 yeah. points. Uh, when these teams played earlier in the year, it really just does come down to turnovers. We talked about this with Patrick Mahomes during the front half of the season. Uh, it's just about protecting the football. I mean, you look at, you know, Matthew Stafford's lines when he protects the football. I mean, they're stellar. They're basically top five lines of the week. Uh, and then when he turns the ball over, like he has the past two weeks, you know, it's, it's a struggle, right. And you've got to punch yourself out of these situations. Um, but that's really all it comes down to. And then we saw the Chiefs defense too. Guess what? The Chiefs finally did get two turnovers in a game and uh, what that defense looked like uh, for the first time. Yeah, it looked like the defense we saw the front half of the year, right? Uh, so yeah, it really comes down to turnovers and protecting the football. And those things are accentuated and highlighted in the postseason when it's one and done. Um, so, you know, if you're going to throw a pick six in the playoffs, your hit rate of, of winning playoff games where you allow a pick six is probably not very good in the postseason. So that's really all it comes down to is just protecting the football uh, for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the concerning thing there is, like, if you do have a concern, is, like, they're bad decisions. Like, we, we've kind of talked about Joe Burrow, uh, like, last week and over the past couple of weeks. Like, he has a high, like, interception rate, but that's where he's, like, pushing the ball downfield. And, like, there's, like, it's, you know, some of these contested catch situations. And you don't, they're not necessarily bad decisions because they're usually working out more times than they're not. For Stafford, it's just, like, some of these throws just like, what are you doing, man? And like that, that is kind of what you get with Matthew Stafford. Um, no, but I think also if you can just play a, a little safer, I think he, he still has those big throws in him that he doesn't necessarily need to force. So I think that like, that's where it is. Like some of it's just, some of these decisions are like real bad. Yeah. I just let a lot of play structure to get you there. Obviously they, they're one of the best teams in the league in creating space. Uh, so just not the, the big mistake. I actually don't the, the, the Chuck Clark one was just a good play by Chuck Clark though. Like, no, right. Yeah. That too. <laughs> the, that one was just Chuck, Chuck Clark read the, made the read and jumped it. Like that was a, that was a great play by him. But the one, the two against the Vikings the week before two of those were pretty rough. You can't have those. And obviously like the, the Titans game early in the season, uh, you know, the one against the 49ers was fluky, like the screen to Higby, but yeah, you can't have the, the outright, just terrible decisions uh, in the postseason. But this is like this is this sets up bad for the 49ers because we don't like we haven't really talked about their side a lot. But like, what do you think about like the is like stylistically Lance offers a, a wild card, but is he like is his development right now strong enough to kind of like would they be better off with Grapple or Lance in this game? I still kind of think Lance, um, you know, and we kind of talked about it heading into last week if you wanted to. Uh, I kind of like roll uh, a rookie in here. Like the Texans were uh, a nice, like little warm up game, but I think he, he showed some, some really good things. And I think you just, the, the upside is, is so much higher. Right. And like, I think we, we, we've talked about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and what he does. And like, you're right. He can still, you know, work the middle of the field and like, so can 
Trey Lance, but he also now has the outside, right? When you're with Garoppolo, that middle of the field is all you've got, right? That mm-hmm. That's his only move. And I think we, we kind of talked about how they kind of were getting away from the play action game because they just had so much of that, you know, those, those short passes. Um, and then when you look at what, you know, uh, Lance was doing, you know, uh, so Garoppolo over the season, a 54.5% of his throws were within two and a half seconds or less. And that's uh, a per true media. Uh, Lance last week was 39.1. And obviously you you want it to be a little quicker, but I think when you were looking at what they can do in the play action game with 35% of his dropbacks used play action and they were just, it was a completely different offense. They were also using him under center a lot more than they were with Garoppolo. With Garoppolo, they were, it was that shotgun play action game. He had a 56% uh, in shotgun um, over the season. Last week with Trey Lance, 43%. So I think you can kind of diversify the run game too um, with that a a little bit more. I think that works more with what Shanahan wants to do uh, in the run game when you can play under center uh, a little more often. And so, um, you know, and and he was, Lance was really pushing the ball down the field. 39% of his passes went, uh, were intermediate, 11 to 19 yards, uh, 21 uh, 0.7% over 20 or more yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. And obviously that's uh, you know, way more than what Garoppolo was doing. Um, and and you know, only 26 from one to 10 yards. Um, so uh, there's just, there's so much more explosion uh, there and he can still hit those short to intermediate passes where, um, you know, their Kittle and, and Debo can, you know, take it and run after the catch. So I just think there's so much more upside there with Lance. And so I think there's, there's more room for error too. And so I think it was uh, like Chris Sims of all people making a, a pretty good point about how, even though Lance does push the ball down the field, he still kind of has a slightly safer, slightly safer throws because then you're throwing to the outside where like in interceptions and, uh, and things like don't happen quite as often. You're, you're not throwing to such a heavily trafficked area. We go like with Kyle Shanahan, those middle of the field passes are you know schemed wide open. But again, that, that translates to Lance too. Like those, the scheme does not go away of getting, receivers wide open in the intermediate and short, you know, middle of the field. Uh, so those can still be there, but when you're playing that Garoppolo style of offense, like you really have to be perfect. And we've seen what happens when, you know, Garoppolo has to do something outside of that. And it doesn't usually work well. I think with Lance, they can still scheme up that stuff. And he, he just has the ability to hit those other things. And then when you add in his running ability, um, I really think well, just Lance has, has, has the ability to do what Garoppolo does with that other stuff on top of it. And I think like what we saw last week kind of really highlights that. Yeah. I'm a little more skeptical in this particular matchup at this stage of his career, that this yeah. is not a great spot for him because they need him. They need him to, to have all those things. Like he can't have it. There's no leeway for him to just be okay in this game. Uh, right. th- that's, that's my, my one hang up here. Cause I don't think they're going to run the ball. Well, they didn't run the ball well in the first matchup. They just, the game script allowed them to just keep running the ball. Uh, you know, it's not like they were really running the ball effectively. The Debo runs were effective, but Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson in that game 
were pretty ineffective running the football. They just have to stack a bunch of carries because of the, the, the scoreboard. So if, if this is a game and the 49ers fall behind, that's very concerning. Like, you know, we've talked about this with the rookie quarterbacks as well. Uh, this is a game where the 49ers definitely have to come out and, and be their hottest in the initial game script um, and get, they need to play ahead, ahead of the Rams here. Yeah, I think that that's going to be, uh, I think, a key no matter who the quarterback is, mm-hmm. really, because I think, you know, when you're playing that type of, of ball control with Garoppolo, too, like you you need that to, you know, sustain. Um, and it's it's going to be tough because like then and it's it's not just like looking at these quarterbacks, like the Rams are, are still a good defense. Um, you have yeah. <laughs> you have Aaron Donald, who like, probably should be defensive player of the year. Right. We can like. Yeah, I think there's there's enough people and like people who have the potential to make Aaron Donald defensive player of the year are doing their well, we know Aaron Donald isn't going to win defensive player of the year, but like no, he he should win defensive player of the year. Like he's been so good. Like I, I retweeted a, a chart from uh Seth Walder of uh ESPN stats and info uh that shows a double team rate uh against uh pass rush win rate. Um for all defenders and Aaron Donald is just like in a stratosphere by himself, getting uh, double teamed on like 60% of his pass snaps uh, with a pass rush win rate um, only below uh, Micah Parsons, uh, which and we know kind of Micah Parsons is just, you know, like lining up all over the place. He's getting, you know, the one-on-one and, and sometimes one-on-one against like tight ends and running backs. Um, and Aaron Donald is doing this against like setters and guards at the same time. Um, so he's just, Aaron Donald still, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, like, and I think that's, that's a key piece for this, like middle of the field too. So I think we're going to see Jalen Ramsey uh, playing most of his time in the slot. And like, obviously he has been playing a majority in the slot, but we've still seen him on the outside a little bit, but when you don't really have anyone to threaten um, on the outside in the San Francisco um, offense, uh, no matter who's playing quarterback, I think we'll, we'll see Ramsey closer to the ball here. Um, yeah, and that's a big piece. So uh, it, it's torn because I would like to see the Rams, you know, the, win the division because I think they, they have been really good, but also like want to see the San Francisco 49ers uh, in the playoffs much, much more, <laughs> more than, than the Saints. Know, more than the Saints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's going to be a tough game here with the, with the rooting <laughs> interest. Yeah, it is because uh, I don't know how much, you know, uh, you know, fight Atlanta has left in them, especially if Kyle Pitts is unable to play. I just don't know if they have the the weaponry against that Saints defense. They did. I mean, they they played. That was the last time Matt Ryan played really well, though. Uh, and I don't want to drag Matt Ryan because I think in, under circumstances he hasn't been as bad as you know probably a lot of people are treating him as. And he's probably going to be their quarterback next year by default of just the scenario they're in. Uh, you know, but no, like he's, <laughs> he's played pretty well. Like, yeah, I, and and I think even pretty well is is underselling it. Like for, for what he's had to do, like Matt Ryan has been good. But this is a team that just can't score points. And, and, the, and the, fact, the Saints aren't going to run away from, so at least that'll keep it probably uh, low scoring. But this, these two teams, it was 27-25 when they played uh, earlier in the year and Simeon started that game. And Atlanta was in control, but that's back when they won, you know, had a healthy Kyle Pitts and they were doing fun things with Cordell Patterson. Remember that was the game Cordell Patterson had like 130 receiving yards. He caught like two wheel routes. Uh, they basically ran the same play. They ran like a, he hit him for like 50 yards early in the game. And then when the saints came back and took the lead uh, in the fourth quarter, they ran that wheel route again to say the game winning field goal. Uh, and they just haven't done anything cool with Cordell Patterson in like the last six weeks. He's hardly even playing and he's hardly playing any wide receiver at that. So the Falcons uh, better pull something out of their, out of their bag here uh, because they're going to have to score some points too. And they just have it. 
yeah, like that that's been one of like the the puzzling things is like and there was uh that stretch and like I even wrote about it uh that the Falcons were doing some like really cool and and fun things on offense and then like well Cal really left. Well, no, it was even after that. Um, it, it was after Ridley. There was there was that. Well, Ridley were, left the Dolphins were... game. They had thirty points, and then since then they haven't scored thirty, and they've only scored over twenty four twice. Well, I think like even with that, they were just still like conceptually and structurally, they they were doing some you know fun things. The, the Cordero Patterson thing like was happening. Um, you know, they were getting Kyle Pitts uh, more involved. Uh, and then, like I think, as as soon as I uh, wrote that article, they they stopped, um, which which is super <laughs> fun when that happens. Um, and yeah, so it's just like the offense is kind of like devolved as the the season went on. I think it took a couple games for them to kind of figure some things out. Uh, they got to it, and then it just kind of like really hasn't been um, what they've needed. And I think they you know they obviously have some issues at at receiver, um, and. I, it, the Cordero Patterson thing is, is weird because <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, the, it, the Patterson thing is super weird. I've, I was wondering if like they were trying to like neuter him for like a contract renewal, but like that doesn't really make a lot of sense either. No, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's it, a free agent, but like still, I don't understand yeah. what, what's what's happened the back half of the season with Patterson, unless he's got some kind of injury. Like they haven't fully like divulged to us after the because he did have the ankle injury like uh, in the kind of middle-ish of the season, but then he came back and was really good after the ankle injury. And then they just kind of just stopped using him as a receiver altogether. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. And like this, again, not hasn't been an offense that has been good really the all year. They're still uh, by DVOA, like one of the worst offenses uh, in the league, which, you know, obviously not great, but uh and Taysom starting this game instead of Simeon is kind of a bigger difference too. Uh, just because Simeon yeah. put him in such a hole, like they're going to, you know, we've seen the, the Taysom Hill experience. Like they are not going to put him in like spots where he has to win the game. I, no. And, and they're doing yeah. that against the Falcons, a team who is dead last in like sacks and pressure rate and basically everything is like an ideal spot for like his style of play. Yeah, that that's going to be a big you know, piece of it too, because there's uh, this that Atlanta defense can't do you know that much, and like credit to them, they're I think they're they're doing what they can with it. Um, I think I, like we kind of talked about it the earlier. They played their hearts in, out in, in last this season. Week, man. Uh, Josh yeah. Allen gave them a few free ones, but they 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 were out there. They actually for the first time all year used AJ Terrell's shadow and opposing wide receiver one. Like who knew? Yeah, I mean that that's one of the six and like <laughs> again, the AJ Terrell are really good. I think I'll, I'll be uh writing a um I think I'll be writing a uh an all pro team. Um and I was uh, going through it uh, this week and AJ Terrell's going to be on my first team. Like I just don't think there there's any way around it. Like he's really good and I think when you look at this Atlanta defense, like it's that's the one piece you can feel like really good about. Um and but the problem uh, against the Saints here is he doesn't have anyone to cover. Um, and I think like he's you know been been playing sides, and I shared a uh, um, you know kind of a, a heat map here. And I think like if that's a ding you have against AJ Terrell is that like he kind of plays to one side of the field. But when you look at like the heat map and the success that op- opposing offenses have had against the Falcons, like 
there's there's nothing on uh, Terrell's side of the field. So if you could hold uh, an entire like half of the field um, to not have like successful passes thrown that way, I think that's that's a very good sign. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of the problem. The Saints don't really have a receiver, you know, worth AJ Terrell covering, um, and that's kind of how they've kind of you know gone around. And you, this could probably be like a 500 yard game for Alvin Kamara between uh, mm-hmm. you know running running the ball and and receiving. So um, yeah, it's tough. So like the, the Saints do have a path uh, into the playoffs here because like, I think that the Rams could easily win, obviously, and I think the the Saints. You know, are obviously favorites here. So, um, yeah, I obviously we're Pain. not going to be. Yeah, this is this is the Nickelodeon game, uh, right? If, if the Saints get in, like, there's no way they're not the Nickelodeon game. <laughs> um, and like Taysom Hill, uh, MVP. Who I would mean, they play if they get in? Will they be because they'd be the seven? So they would play the Rams, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it kind of it, it depends on on a couple of different things. If things yeah, hold, if things hold, they we're would trying play the Rams. To, we're trying to talk ourselves out of the Saints in the playoffs because I don't want to just... watch the Saints or Rams either. So, uh, but yeah, I don't want to watch the Saints, the Saints at all. I'm sorry to everyone in New Orleans that listens to this, but no one outside of New Orleans wants the Saints in the playoffs. <laughs> With like any other quarterback. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, James was there. Yeah, James. Like any other quarterback, not on the roster, right? Because they have three currently, and they are all bad. Well, and um, I give the Saints some credit too, just based on what's happened this year. I mean, their their offensive. I think their offensive line in totality played twenty snaps together. The five starters the entire season. Uh, they've just had a, a ton of injuries. No wide receivers. Obviously, James going down hurt. Kamara missed a stretch. Uh, you know, Sean Payton's still a really good coach. Uh, the defense is good. The defense has hung them around, but yeah, this is another team. Like we talked about like the Raiders. It almost feels like they're backing in if they get in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I think when like talk about the, the chargers, like, do you have the potential to win four games? And I think the chargers do the saints. I no. it's, it's very hard to, to see that. So I think like that's, um, yeah, and that's, that's that we're not trying to throw real shade on the saints and say like they're bad. It's just that, yeah, we want, to have the teams that we believe could make a run all in it. We want everyone to, we don't want anyone like we're just going to outright fade in the postseason. Yeah. Which it just kind of seems like we're, we get one of those. Like we, we don't have yeah, the bears last year. Get, where that get the bears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we just, we, it we just kind of seems like we get one of those game and like, that's kind of what this, the seven seed does, right. How, I think week 18 was a mistake. I think uh, the seven seed was a mistake also because we especially just... <laughs> because look at the way this played out this, this season. And I understand it's a small sample. This is only the second year we've done this. And it's the first year with 18 weeks, but they're the, the adding this, right. Wasn't the, like the whole dichotomy, like outside of just making more money to have like the last week kind of be like, have set up all these scenarios where you have all these games that matter. And we don't really have that. No, no, we don't. Um, well, and so much so that like we started the show, like they flex the game into Saturday night that has like no, <laughs> that has no bearing between and two teams that are well, already the, in the playoffs. And choosing to play the, the Chiefs Broncos on Saturday is pretty ignorant as well, uh, you know, because the Chiefs winning uh, as 10 point favorites, uh, you know, outright dictates a number of things too as well for other other teams. So like even moving the Chiefs to Saturday was a terrible move. 
Uh, I don't really understand what the process was, but hey, uh, and then Broncos are screwed anyways. They they've got all these guys on the. They're they're talking about not even playing so many players in this game to themselves. That the Chiefs, if they lose, would be a pretty big upset. But I don't know. I don't. Both those Saturday games seem like very odd choices. Yeah, yeah, they do. But again, there weren't a lot of good choices, uh, I guess, especially if like, uh, from well, what I've read, they didn't really want like a win and in type of scenario for Saturday to impact Sunday. But uh, um, that's really weird. Um, I feel like 49ers Rams like would have been a good Saturday night game. Like, I yeah, I mean, they want the 49ers would, would have watched that at the same time, obviously. Sure. But like, <laughs> are, are we really like losing if if the saints don't have anything to play for on Sunday, like, are we really losing that much? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the easy scenario is just put like bears Vikings on Saturday. Because <laughs> people are going to watch that shit anyways. They're going to watch it. That's true. And I think that <laughs> that brings us uh, to uh, the game of the week, uh, Washington and the giants. I mean, maybe not move the worst game in NFL history to that spot, but like bears Vikings, you could have just moved there. Who cares? We saw people watch it two weeks ago on Monday night. When Greg gave our cousins over 90 yards, uh, you know, they could have just moved something like that or moved like the Bucks or something like, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they didn't have great choices. But again, this all goes back to us saying like why, like the adding the 17 playoff spot and then adding a week 18, like this is the bed you made. It didn't work out in your favor. So sad. It didn't, but uh, do, in like three years, we'll have week 19. So it's uh, yeah. all of what, whatever we're saying right now does, does not really matter. Yep. Um, so like <laughs> a couple other games that like uh, kind of matter, like Seattle, Arizona means a little bit because like Arizona needs to win. And like if Arizona wins uh, and the Rams do lose. They might um, want to lose have- the way they've played on the road this season. Like I know it sounds <laughs> silly to play because you know, it's high variance home road splits, but they've been so much better on the road. And again, last week it happened again. Like, like maybe they just don't want to win the division and they, they need a Rams loss to get there, but they've been so good on the road this year. Yeah, it is. It is weird. I think they've, they've played some you know worse teams uh, on the road. So um, although, you know, against Dallas, Arizona is, is weird. Like we'll, we'll talk about Arizona more in next week. Just, I'm still trying to figure them out. Right. Cause what, like we, we praise them uh, and then they kind of come out flat uh, and then we're like, we're a little concerned that they're coming out flat. And then they're like, no, we're just going to like play out the Cowboys. <laughs> so no, I mean, we were on it last week and talked yeah, about that's like that. True. No, that like, it was like, you know, Hey, all this stuff still exists in this offense. They had some high variance plays go, go the other direction. And, you know, if you look at the Colt McCoy sample, like there's still good things going on in that offense. And Hey, uh, Antoine Wesley did do the DeAndre Hopkins impersonation last week. He did. Yeah. He's never uh, been open once on Antoine Wesley. Like he's, he's, he's just like always a body draped on him, but he's making contested catches. Yeah. I mean, that's. I and it's Russ's. I mean, this, this game could be fun because it's probably Russ's last game in Seattle or it has that vibe to it. And who knows what's going to happen with Pete, but it's almost feels like an end of an era game. So like, they're going to play hard. Uh, in this game, they've got the talent and they're capable of beating Arizona. So, I mean, it, that game could definitely be like a, a a really solid football game. Yeah, it could be like a a, a wet Russ Cook game for for old time's sake. And I you know, don't believe it, that they're not doing that on the way out. <laughs> I wish huh? we saw yeah. how the let Ben Cook game went on Monday. Well, I was yeah, I was just gonna oh bring that God. up, man. <laughs> that that was the uh, it, it got to a point in that game where 
like I, I had the Manning cast on and I was like listening to the Mannings and like I did not like look at the television once because uh, I was, you know, doing Dude, they tried. He came out because... to like 30 first half passes and like they were going to let the band. They were trying to make it happen, but for like 98 Ooh. yards, it was oh, amazing. Ooh. But, you know, I mean, I mean, Russ doesn't face in the Lions with this Cardinals defense has been giving it up a little bit of late. I know they gave some late production to Dak, but uh, yeah, I mean, this the offensive line of Seattle, I just know they hold up. Chandler Jones dog walked Tyron Smith the entire game on Sunday. Yeah, and this will be like it's it's weird to like kind of look at some of these games because we don't exactly you know know who's playing. Right. I don't think we can like take away a, a lot from uh, some of the results uh, in these games, except for like the games that matter for for both teams. So, yeah, Seattle's um, one of those teams that definitely I think we believe is going to play hard. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, we know that they well they're still technically alive for stuff. They'll fight, uh, but some of these other games, yeah, you don't know. Like the the Bengals are already benching Burrow. Mixon's already declared out. The Browns are basically just they're punting a bunch of guys uh, who knows what we're going to get from Houston against the Titans. They did beat them earlier in the season, but I mean, that's one of those things like they just won't get overlooked this time. Right. And like, you need all those turnovers again and the rain again uh, to have this happen. And it's not going to happen in, indoors. So it's hard for me to like, even go back and say like the teams that, that won some of these games during the year, like the 49ers and the, the, the Texans like are really drawing like super live here. Yeah. It's just, uh, there's a couple games that should be interesting and then a whole bunch of that's just that's just happening um for you know where are you on the somebody. final week if uh you know the the titans clinch this one seed Vrabel's basically like third and odds everywhere to win coach of the year um somehow zach taylor got the second which just shows the, the lunacy of this award it's literally yeah just, so like that's it's an expectation award right like we thought you'd be bad you weren't so you're coach of the year like Vrabel definitely has a higher stake than Zach Taylor, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I was kind of looking at that lately and like, I, the, I guess LaFleur should uh, probably be the favorite, I guess. Cause like he has done a good the coaching job. And I think like, just because the, the Packers were also good last year, like does not mean he did less of a good coaching job um, because we saw like what Aaron Rodgers was without him. Um Although I, I think there there's some like a disconnect for for some voters, and I think we can kind of you know yeah that's on the voters really of that like the MVP and Coach of the Year should not come from the same team because I guess one can't happen oh, with the like other that. like I, I I don't know but like I MVP and Coach of the Year can it certainly like coexist right it's not like you're not Coach of the Year because you had the MVP um and and the other way around so um. Yeah, I think the the Rabel case is getting stronger like by the week, right? Because their just, resume like, is amazing too, and like I know like everyone's dragging them because they'll be like the technically like the worst one seed by like DVOA, like yes. since they've been tracking it. But the on the flip side of that is that they've actually beaten really good teams too: the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, the Saints. Like they've beaten all these teams; they've beaten them all. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's the other thing too. The other side of the coin is, yeah, we, they, they probably do have all these flaws, but they somehow, they still won all these other games too. Like the resume is legit. Yeah. And like, you know, not convincingly or in a way right. that, you know, like was, you know, sustainable and like the Titans probably aren't that great uh, right now, but, uh, this, this so easily could have cratered. Uh, for them. And I think like, but the, the other thing is like for coach of the year, like you, there are a lot of like other teams, like 
uh, Mike Tomlin getting uh, uh, this. This should be a, a lifetime achievement award for for Mike Tomlin uh, keeping the Steelers where they are um, right now to even be in Week 18 with the chance of the playoffs on the line after like what he's had at quarterback um, and and on offense. Uh, the Zach Taylor thing, like I, I just I can't see it. And like two weeks ago, we were talking about how Zach Taylor is holding the. Uh, the Bengals back. I don't think you should be rewarded just because the players on your team are good. When like we can clearly see, like there are there are some things that like you have done that could have made the Bengals better. Yeah, like, the Bengals could have been with. fighting for the one seed, right? If <laughs> if there were some things differently, if they didn't spend like a chunk of the middle of the season, um, like with a sixty percent like run rate on, on early down. Yeah, just three weeks ago, that game against the 49ers, I uh, I outright attribute them losing that game to Zach Taylor. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. So <laughs> I the the Zach Taylor thing would would be like super hard to um uh to something, and I think like we just the people who vote for this award like just don't really yeah. know. How it's to just expectation. It, they just say like we yeah. thought you'd be bad. You weren't. Um, yeah, but that's that's I thought it was interesting, you know, coming here in the final week because here because the you know the Bengals winning that game obviously opened the door. Now the Titans are back in the driver's seat to have this buy, and you know a lot of people are swerving into the narrative too that like it's you know obviously they're going to get Derrick Henry back, but their run game's been awesome still. Like, guess what? The run game's still been really good without Derrick Henry. Yeah, and now I think you potentially like <laughs> with a not one hundred percent Derrick Henry uh, coming back. Like, do you want to? That, do you want to have that 60% like run rate on early downs? Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's going to be really interesting. I think the, the thing is like how healthy is AJ Brown going to be? I think that's what matters for the team. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, people think it's hot takey, but AJ Brown and the health of him means a lot more to the offense. It just does. It does. When like, when those, uh, when like the digs off uh, play action are, are working, um, that's when that offense clicks. Right. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't really matter who the running back is, um, but it definitely matters who the wide receiver is uh, on the other side of that. So that's, that's kind of where we are with the Titans right now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's probably the only award, I guess, that's up for grabs right now. I guess MVP technically is, but although it feels like Rogers is kind of settling in. Yeah. A... I mean, when I was, when I was looking at do like doing the all pro team, it was hard not to put Rogers as the first team all pro quarterback. And, and that kind of, you know, it, it would be harder to, to not name him MVP. After we said that. it was open, but like midway through the season, it was like, it's anyone's race. So if anyone wants to finish strong here, uh, it's and then there. no one finished strong. <laughs> it was really just him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they got there. I mean, I could see Brady still stealing some votes. Uh, Josh Allen is probably the actual most valuable player to like a, a team for what he's asked to do. But, uh, that's really it. The coach of the year is about open because rookie of the year is dead. Uh, both, both of those, um, I mean, comeback player of the year really doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> dumbest award we give because like sometimes we like and and like a Burrow and Dak did have significant injuries, so like good on them for coming back. But like sometimes you give it to the guy who's like was bad. Yeah, Philip Rivers <laughs> won one before. year just coming off of a bad year. Yeah, it's and, and like Ryan didn't Ryan Tannehill win coming off. He did. He did not win it. Uh, of being bad like. <laughs> and like two years removed from his injury. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, that's the weirdest award every year. If Cam Akers plays this week, he should just get it by default. Sure. And like, that was the, <laughs> and that, like, that was the Alex Smith thing. Uh, right. 
like he played a snap. So we were like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that is right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I mean, it's a good story, but yeah. He, I, the criteria for it is pretty vague. And like you said, you can easily get there's, there's no criteria for it. Like we, we need to, it, we need to fix like everything that happens with, um, like yeah, it's with, just how, all with how writers vote. It's just like the, the way they, they do it, especially oh, when we get to the, like the all pro so bad. Like you only vote for first team all pro and the players with the most votes get first team. And then like the next players get, second team like you don't vote for first and second team so then if there's a unanimous vote for a player there's no second team right so we've had that where there's like no second team quarterback because someone got all 50 first place all pro votes like that's so dumb Uh, and then we do the same thing with mvp where you only vote for 50 people or voting for one player um just like have a first and second team all pro, um, have a rank choice uh, voting for for all of these awards. It, it just makes so much more sense. The the way the AP like does it and the and the way like all of these awards are voted on. It's just it's so dumb. And then we spend so much time arguing on it, and like the the way the votes are are just so much dumber than than it needs to be. Like there's such an easy way to fix a lot of this stuff. And like the Hall of Fame stuff too. Like I care way less about the Hall oh, of Fame yeah. than, than I do like season awards because I think like in season awards uh, like really shape like how we're thinking about the season like at that time. Um and I think that that matters a, a little bit, but uh, just the way the voting is is it's it, it completely broken. Yeah, the Hall of Fame has absolutely been broken for a long time, so so yeah, that's a whole a, like, thing, but. yeah it, it is so uh before we get uh, to uh that that is my uh joe judge rant on uh <laughs> on voting i didn't go a full 11 minutes uh but i think i made slightly more sense um than than he did at any point in in his um in his whatever that was it was amazing it's <laughs> a, so, like uh, the highlight of the season um I know there have been like some really fun football things, but like that was the best. Yeah. I mean, last um, week in general, what the Giants did was pretty special. Uh, and I can't even blame them. Like people were like dragging. It actually was, I've actually like the optimal coaching move to just hand off 50 times. Uh, Mike Glennon had 15 dropbacks in that game. He got sacked four times. He had four turnovers. He fumbled four times. Like, dude, just send me like, just, just burn the clock, just burn the clock. Do what you can. Do what you can to get out of that game. The <laughs> disaster. Just hand it um, off every play. And they and they did. Um, <laughs> oh my god, it was uh, amazing. Like it was. It was special. It was. Just he, special he has to have talked himself out of a job, right? Like there's no. I don't think how, he has. <laughs> I don't like how after after that rant. I don't know. Like how can you bring him back? I, I don't know. It's. Amazing. They basically like made up a story about Bill Belichick uh, by all accounts of everyone else. It's amazing. Um, well, whatever. Giants got to so, torture this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And they won't. Um, they won't. But uh, <laughs> man, I I will be thinking about that that rant for for a while. Like it's just every every time you look into it, there's like a new piece that comes out. It's like it's a it's like a really good movie. Um, where like you rewatch it and you find something that you didn't see like the first time around. Um, that's what the Joe Judge rant is. There's <laughs> something new that happens every time. Um, so uh, on that note, 
uh, we're going to uh, end the show here. Uh, a reminder, you can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, we still have uh, a whole bunch of uh, stuff coming uh, through the end of the regular season and a lot of fun stuff uh, coming out for, for the playoffs. So uh, keep an eye on that. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pesuda. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.